Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. I am privileged to introduce one of the most respected journalists in the history of American broadcasting, Mr. Walter Cronkite. Good evening. Tonight, my heart and most sincere thoughts are with you as you gather together on the steps of our nation's capital and all across the country for this most special night of remembering. Tonight, I recall more than a half-century reporting on America's wars, beginning with World War II, I've seen our soldiers fighting for us. I've seen that brave commitment in the face of the gravest danger. And I've seen too often the sacrifice they made with their lives. This is also a night to remember their precious legacy. Their sacrifices have ensured not only our varied lives, but what makes our lives worth living. Freedom, democracy, human rights. There's so much in our daily lives that should serve to remind us of your sacrifice. But it is well that we take this day to remind ourselves of how grateful we are to all of you and to your families and loved ones who have sacrificed along with you. It is you, the veterans of our military service, who have made the greatest contribution to the greatness that is America. You will live in our memories and in American history. Here we go, guys. Red versus blue. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. If we 
to Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. We've got a big Week 10 action planned for you tonight. As always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandon Burke, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Yet another violation for a Kentucky Wildcat in basketball country. Uh, sounds like Inez Cantor is not going to be playing next year. No, it, it doesn't. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that uh, another violation, violation violation, here, violation there, uh, that was that happened in Turkey. That's been a long time ago. Uh, most uh, most of these kids from, uh, you know, over in Europe, and they, they could care less about going to Kentucky to play basketball. This kid wants to come to Kentucky to play basketball. Uh, he wants to try to get an education and you know, it had nothing to do with Calipari, so, you know, I might be sugarcoating it, uh, but uh, the the fact of the matter is that Calipari had nothing to do with this one, believe it or not. <laughs> All right, well, this is, a, a show, this is a show that with, with one diehard Cardinal fan and one bleed blue Kentucky fan, so we have to get that stuff out of the way at the beginning of the show. But we are bringing you all the I want to say something. I, I really love the intro uh that was a nice tribute to uh, the servicemen and women, uh, yes. you know, because uh, Veterans Day just uh, yes. has passed, but it should be Veterans Day every day. And uh, and it was a uh, a nice tribute uh, and a nice uh, talk that you had with uh, Major Brian Hampton. I know uh, some of you out there probably, you know, may not care, but uh, it was a, it was a good talk that you had with uh, Major Brian Hampton that was on Blog Talk Radio as well. Yes, earlier in the week I interviewed Major Brian Hampton, uh, president and founder of the Circle of Friends for American Veterans. You can visit their website at vetsvision.org. They do a lot for our homeless veterans. Uh, A lot of people don't realize there are over 400,000 homeless veterans sleeping on our American streets every single night. Uh, It's a a shame that that's happening. We've got troops that are coming back home from the Iraq War to a down economy and not a lot of jobs and you're going to have families on the streets, uh, it's going to happen and we, we, we need to prepare. We always have. We're the most giving country in all the world, Mike, and uh, America yes. continues to give and, and, and we help each other when we're down, when times are tight. So, uh, well, make, I'm it, sure. It, it, uh, makes, it makes me feel good that uh, you, uh, us, the whole team is making a difference in that and we're helping them out. That's right, man. Uh you know what? Uh, Veterans Day was uh, was yesterday, and we, we had a lot of uh, fundraising funds for those guys. Today, it's all about Week 10 of the National Football League, Mike, and, and you know just as well as I do, this is the last bye week in the National Football League. You've got your Chargers on bye, Phillip Rivers. You've got Gates has been out, but he's going to be on bye. You've got Darren McFadden and the Raiders. They're on bye. Who would have thought that that would be fantasy relevant this year? Uh, it's just an interesting interesting time. This is the time that if you haven't made your move, you better do it now. Uh, the playoffs are right around the corner here. Weeks 11 and 12, weeks 13, 14, 15, 16, these are the weeks that, that make uh, all the difference. So you don't have a lot of time. You've got to make your move now. We're going to try to help you. We've got all the games lined up. We've got a special guest tonight, uh, Jack Perkins. And Steve Palapal from the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship, is the number two team in the world right now in that rankings. Uh, Vying for 100,000. Wait till you hear this team. You won't want to miss that a little later in the show. 
We're also going to be breaking down all of the games tonight, as many as we can get to. Uh, and we're going to talk about these kids that just keep on uh, making moves. Man, Jacoby Ford, another Raider, running a 4-2-40 in the combines, and now look at his role will continue to grow after his week nine breakout game. They, they like what they see in this kid. I managed to pick him up in the world championship. Just going to sit on him, see what happens. But he looks like a, uh, a legitimate threat. What did you think of the Raiders last week, Mike? The Raiders are, I mean, they're back. I mean, they are really back. And you know what? I had a really good feeling about them last week. Um, this team, yeah. they believe in themselves. And it comes from the head coach. Uh, he, you know, he caught a lot of flack last year uh, when he was uh, doing this and doing that. But, I mean, this team, they believe in themselves. Uh Derek McFadden has just grown up. He's become a young man, from a young man into a real man, and you know he's he's doing things that you wouldn't believe. And uh, they've got kids like uh, Lewis Murphy that's even hurt. That uh, I mean, when he comes back, he can make an impact. So uh, Darius Hayward Bay, I mean, these guys, I mean, they can be explosive. Yeah, the Raiders have definitely uh, changed the outlook and the, and the landscape of Oakland football. Uh, so <laughs> we're, we're just going to have to see what happens week 11 because they do have the bye week. Uh, they're already talking about him in the chat room. The other young kid we wanted to talk about tonight, Mike Goodson of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this kid has his chance. D'Angelo Williams, out. Jonathan Stewart, out. <laughs> uh, Tyrell Sutton, out. You know, Mike Mike Goodson has 99 yards in two seasons. Uh, he's got to be excited about this opportunity. They also signed little-known Andre Brown, who's been back and forth uh, off waivers from the Colts this week. Uh, but look, we we've uh, we played dynasty leagues. We've been uh, we've been keen to what Goodson uh, the the hype on Goodson, the, his ability. He's very very small kid, but he has the speed. Uh, he's six foot two twelve. This is a this is a kid that can that that has quite a bit of speed can catch the ball out of the backfield. We'll just have to see what he can do. He, he, he from Texas A and M. Remember, he can take him to the house. But this team is in such disarray. Mike Tampa Bay, uh, one of yeah. the worst teams in the league against the run. That kind of helps because you got Jimmy Clausen throwing the ball. That this is a guy you if Jimmy Clausen is throwing the ball and you own Steve Smith, you have to send Steve Smith right now. He's not an option. Yeah. You gotta fuck somebody like a Lauren Robinson over Steve Smith right now. It's just somebody you cannot put in your lineup, Mike. Yeah, you know I totally agree with that. Uh, Steve Smith, uh, I've got him in one of my leagues, and uh, he's produced basically nothing. Uh, Goodson, uh, I wish him luck, but chances are in the system and the way it works, I don't. I would not take Goodson uh, for anything because, you know. Like I said, I'm a system guy, and uh, if the system doesn't work, then it's not going to work right now. And uh, so I, I, I don't believe in uh, Goodson. I don't believe in Smith. I don't believe in anything that Carolina has to offer. Um, chances are, if you have Carolina defense, that's the only chance you might have of a touchdown. They're talking about him in the chat room, and let me just give everybody the, uh, the down low on our chat room. We call them the crew here at Red vs. Blue. It's comprised of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. When you look in our chat room, you will not see a more 
established group of veterans than you will see in ours. We have $100,000 winners, $75,000 winners. Uh, we've got people that play in the Platinum Leagues. Uh, we've got Hawk and Roll, War Kittens, Wayne, uh, Chad Schroeder, Alex Kaganowski. Again, some of the biggest names in fantasy football. Listen, they're here, uh, Lance. They're here in the chat room for you guys. They're, they're having a good time as well, kicking back wherever they are. And they're here to uh, help you with your who do I start decisions. If you have them, get them rolling in the chat room. They're already got one for you, Mike, right now. Mike Goodson or uh, LeGarrette Blunt? Whoa. Hey. You like Blunt, huh? Yeah, that's a no. That's a no-brainer to me. Legarrette Blunt, uh, he is uh, improved. Uh, now, last week, I mean, he didn't do much, but uh, I really, uh, I, I feel like that uh, at home against Carolina. Carolina's defense is yeah, suspect, but uh, I, I think that will uh, Tampa Bay will be able to rely on Legarrette Blunt to do the running instead of uh, coming from from behind. This is a game where where Tampa Bay stays ahead and lets Blunt look, do the do the workload. All right. Well, look, uh, Goodson gets the nod here. Clawson, eight of eighteen in a pick last week. He's only got one touchdown, four picks, and a forty-eight passer rating this year with two fumbles. The Bucks defense is tied with Green Bay for the league lead with fourteen picks and ranks. 12 in pass defense, allowing 213 yards per game. So, look, this is a story of Tampa Bay. Uh, they're going to run the ball because Carolina, remember, they have a very respectable secondary. This is also a game, and, and if you look at how they cover uh, the, those cornerbacks for Carolina, they're number, they cover number number one. They're, they're the second toughest against number one wide receivers. For number two, they're the third toughest. It's very difficult. This is a situation where I have a very tough time with what to do with Mike Williams of Tampa Bay, Mike, because he's I, a I, would. Beast. Yeah. I get all that, but it's almost like they're not going to need him this week, and why challenge it when you can just run the ball down Carolina's throat and get this game out of the way? Exactly, because uh, Mike Williams, I mean, he's become a real threat in, uh, in a lot of games for Tampa Bay, but in this particular game against uh, Carolina, I don't know if he's going to be needed. I mean, you know, because like I said, they're going to run the ball, run the ball. And uh, so, you know, if you have Mike Williams, uh, you might want to, uh, you know, check out different options, uh, who you have as wide receiver. I, I would love to see uh, owners that have Mike, Mike Williams and who else do you have and could you start them ahead of him? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough to get Mike Williams into my lineups this week just because of the way this game and this matchup is going to play out. We've got uh, Sanchiba in the chat room, Marshall or Garcon, Mike. That's an interesting matchup, Marshall or Garcon. You've got Indianapolis taking on Cincinnati, uh, and they had their problems, and then you have Chad Pennington coming back to Brandon Marshall here for the first time, uh, Tennessee at Miami. So Pennington makes his third big career comeback. Remember, in 2006, he led the Jets from a 4-12 season to 10-6 in the wild card. And then in 2008, Mike, he came back with Miami from 1-15 to 11-5 division winner. This kid hasn't played since 2009, that shoulder injury week three. I'm a big Pennington fan. But Henny, look, he's just not getting it done. Eight touchdowns, ten picks, only 12 touchdowns in this offense for the half the season, Mike. I mean, 
Marshall, I don't think I can put Marshall in there. I almost have to put Garcon until Pennington shows me that chemistry. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to throw something at you, Scott. Uh, Marshall, Garcon, neither team, Miami, Indy, has much of a running game. And uh, I hate to hate to say that to the Ronnie Brown owners, but uh, neither team has much of a running game at all. So now, which team has the best tight end? Uh, the best tight end, it's got to come from uh, Indianapolis. So the, so I'm going to mark Garcon off, and I'm going to make uh, Brandon Marshall. That's going to be my starter if I had to choose between Marshall and Garcon. The only reason being is because uh, Jacob Tammy, has, I mean, he's proven he's done well, and uh, Brandon Marshall, he's going to be the big guy for uh, uh, Chad Pennington. Mike, i tell you what, uh, it's not usually that I give you props on this show. I think everybody knows I give you a pretty hard time. But you know what? I'm going to ask the chat room if they agree with that that analysis. I think that was a pretty good breakdown right there. Mike, I'm pretty proud of that effort. The Tennessee-Miami <laughs> over-under the Tennessee Miami over under is 43. The Indianapolis-Cincinnati over-under is 47.5. Indianapolis is a seven-point favorite. Tennessee is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So Indianapolis is going to score a whole lot more points is what the uh, what Vegas thinks than Miami. So I think I lean toward Garcon, uh, but, man, it would be impossible to bench Marshall. I don't know. You could never bench Marshall. So, you know, uh, <laughs> Wayne, thanks for the props last Friday. We did make some money on those plays last week, and uh, we, we appreciate the love. This is Scott Atkins and Michael Trent from Red vs. Blue. We're, uh, we're gearing up for a, a great interview here in just a, a minute from Jack Perkins. And uh, Steve Palapo from uh, Proper Sundays, the number two team in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I see they have joined the switchboard right now, so we're going to bring them on. Jack, welcome to Red vs. Blue. Hello. Thanks, Scott. Who do we got with us? Do we have have both you guys or just you, Jack? That's just me. Steve couldn't make it. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Good uh, morning, Jack. Jack. Yeah, welcome to Red vs. Blue. We're glad you could make it. Listen, uh, I'll tell you what, we are we are very excited to see uh, your team on this leaderboard. And, and I just, you know, I think what people want to know, they, you know, we've been posting uh, your team a little bit all, uh, across the, the fantasy landscape today and this afternoon. And I think what people want to know is, do you realize that you have what looks to be one of the most dominant teams ever assembled in high-stakes fantasy football? <laughs> no, we did not realize that, but uh, we're pretty happy with how it's going, and uh, we're just enjoying the ride right now. Well, there's a big conversation going on, uh, obviously, this year, uh, Jack. Uh, luck or skill? How much luck, how much skill? You guys actually drafted Arian Foster in the third round. You drafted Peyton Hill. What well, was it, the 10th or 11th round, something like that? Yeah, I can't recall one of those. Yeah, and you drafted uh, Hakeem Nix, uh, Terrell Owens, Roddy White. I mean, at one after another, bam, 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 you guys were getting it done, and Darren McFadden. So <laughs> let's talk about what your feeling is on the on the element of skill versus luck because you nailed a lot more players than, than luck would suggest would be possible. Well, I'd, I'd like to think it's a combination of both. Certainly there's there's some luck in there. Um, and I guess also just the pattern of the draft. Like, you know, we took MJD 
first in the at position six in the first round, and it was uh, kind of a tough call for us between him and um, Randy Moss. And good thing we went with MJD. If we had gone with Moss, it might have altered the the pattern of the rest of our draft, and we might not end up with half of these guys. Now they're already asking in the chat room, did you make a bad pick? <laughs> um, let's see. Um, yeah, we must have. I mean, um, Scheffler, <laughs> Tony Scheffler, we got rid of him. Um, yeah, we, I, we did get lucky. These guys are just having good years. Um, well, we were lucky enough to get uh, Brandon Jackson, too, and, and we, uh, you know, dropped him a little bit prematurely. So we should have we should have sat on him, too. Yeah, you could have you could have hoarded them all, yeah. You free you, you, you guy. <laughs> you, you've, got, you've got four. You've got four running backs, and, and usually that's a nice luxury to have in the FFPC. That could be serviceable because you can start four in the FFPC, but you can't start four. You've got the top three wide receivers in the game right now with T.O. Roddy and Nix, right? I mean, you have to put those three guys every single week. So the question is, after this bye week, which of those four running backs, Maurice Jones-Drew, Peyton Hillis? Uh, Arian Foster or Darren McFadden, which one of those guys is going to ride the bench? Well, it, it sounds scary, but it might be MJD. I mean, we'll uh, probably <laughs> play the matchups to an extent, but, uh, yeah, those other guys are, are kind of unbenchable at the moment. Well, they're all hey. un- unbenchable. I mean, let's face it, Jack. I mean, you know, that's that's one. <laughs> wow. That's one heck of a uh, starting uh, tandem at running back. Uh, uh, why would you, uh, you know, I mean, you're going, you are going. You got Jacksonville that's uh, one and a half point favorite, uh, and the over and under is going to be over 49. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. Houston gives up points. How can you? Well, he's, uh, starting, bench, uh, he's starting. He's starting this week, Mike. He's got me fast on by this week, so MJD is definitely in the lineup this week. Right. Okay. Now, the player, strut, the, the player stud strategy with first, second, or third round picks, it really no longer applies when players pluck from the waiver wire like Peyton Hillis, you drafted him, or Brandon Lloyd have outproduced those early round studs virtually every week. So, Jack, I completely agree with you. MJD, doesn't matter where you draft him. You have to take it right now in the moment. You put Hillis in there, you put Foster in there, and if McFadden, if McFadden has some fantastic matchups for the playoffs. Now, you're from yeah. Los Angeles. How did you hear about the Fantasy right. Football Players Championship, and what was your background? Uh, we heard about it through footballguys.com. I've uh, been a subscriber for a while and really enjoy their stuff. And, uh, yeah, strangely enough, we're in the same league as David Dodds in the FFPC, so we were kind nice. of drafting our team with his cheat sheets to an extent. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. <laughs> And uh, as far as our background, we're both uh, animators out here. Oh, great. Okay. All right. And so you've uh, – what, what are you going to spend the money on? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not there yet. <laughs> this team has scored over 200 points in two of the last three weeks, Mike. Uh, I think last week maybe, over uh, again, over 200. One week in there, like 160. I think it's a real disappointment if this team scores 160. The fact that he has Mike, he has four running backs. Uh, he could lose one of those, and still, okay. Look, when could you ever say you lose your number one pick and you don't even skip a beat? 
all right? The, the other argument that was made today with another high-stakes veteran in the industry, they, we said, you could actually lose two of your veterans. Let's, let's say you also lose Arian Foster, the number one running back in the league. You could lose Arian Foster, the number one running back in the league, and you could lose Maurice Jones-Drew, your number one pick in the, in the draft, and you still and arguably wouldn't skip a beat because you have Derek Ward on your bench. I mean, I mean that's, 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 that's right. crazy. I mean, in, in this day and age of when uh, we have very few running backs, that's nuts because very few teams have running back depth the way he's got, and that is that, that's nuts. Yeah, so that goes back to you know clearly a bit of luck because we drafted Hillis and McFadden. Uh, you know, as, as role players, and could never have expected them to be performing the way they are. What reality you've, you've, the you've entered the high stakes world of fantasy football this first year here in 2010. Tell us about your background in fantasy football. You guys play a local league. You, you enter in some other online contests. What have you What have you done that made you say, you know what, 1,500 bucks? Yeah, we'll we'll do that. Um, yeah, actually, we've never entered any high stakes league or even any online leagues. We've We've been playing for, I guess, eight years or so just with buddies. And, you know, we've been upping the stakes slightly as we go. And, and then this year we said, you know, we put a lot of time into this and we watched tons of football, so let's head to Vegas and uh, try our luck. Now tell us why you you drafted Peyton Hillis, uh, because, again, this pick could prove to be the reason why you win $100,000 here this year. Peyton Hillis was uh, – Back behind uh, Jerome Harrison, right before at the time of this draft, right, and then uh, possibly mm-hmm. somebody else at the time. Um, yeah, I think Harrison probably had been taken just before that, and um, got to give some credit to Sigmund Bloom over at Football Guys. Uh, listen to the Audible all the time, and uh, Cecil Lammy. Those guys were high on Hillis, and uh, we remember back when he was with Denver how, how well he was playing before his injury. So. Uh, and we knew it was a reliable pass catcher, so uh, in the .5 CPR format, we we just uh, made a move. And then the, and the team named yeah, the, the, the team named Proper Sundays. Tell us a little bit about uh, where that name came from. Oh, uh, that just kind of comes from you know what better way to uh, spend your Sunday? Just uh, it's proper. Just uh, sit in front of the TV and soaking in all the games. At least for now, you know. I don't have kids yet, so I'm sure there'll be better things to do down the road. But uh, <laughs> uh, we do love watching football. Okay, so no kids. Are you? Do you guys get together for the game on Sunday? Tell me about that. Tell me about how you get this ready, because obviously now there's a much bigger reason than just a local league to watch the games. You guys are thinking, hey, a hundred thousand dollars. We pay our tax on that. We're still got another thirty or forty in our pockets each to do something. Maybe go to Hawaii. I don't know what you do with that, but. <laughs> What do you uh? What do you you guys gonna get together on Sundays or what? What's the what's the routine right now? You're 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 putting up 200 points a week. Um, we do every now and then. Um, but uh, usually we'll get together for the Monday night game or uh, now that the Thursday night games are around, we'll do that as well. And uh, every now and then Sunday too. But uh, certainly if we're uh, hanging around by week 16, we'll be uh, getting together that week. All right, well, listen, you've got the high-stakes industry turned on its head right now. We're jealous. 
we uh, <laughs> we we want we want to trade places with you and uh, and, and all that. If you want to sell your team to me right now, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll go ahead and buy it for me for five thousand dollars. I've got five thousand dollars in my hand right now. Uh, I'll give it to you tonight. We just sign over the team, and you just walk away. Uh, pretty tempting, Scott. I'll have to I'll have to sleep on that one. How about ten? <laughs> that means that's a no. Do 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 do. You come up with a number. You know where I'm at. I'll be here every Friday night, and uh, we'd love to have you back on to the show to tell us about uh, your next 200 point escapade after after putting up 37 with Roddy White last night, man. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Scott and Michael. Thanks for having me. Hey. All right. Jack, thanks for joining us. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, you got it. That was Jack Perkins, uh, Proper Sundays, Mike, uh, one of the newest names on the landscape of fans. But he just absolutely nailed this draft. Again, it might be 50% luck, 50% skill. You can't come out of a draft picking that many big names, Mike, and it not be just you're, he's soaking up the knowledge. He's listening to the audible. Uh, there's valuable content. He even said he listened to our Red versus Blue podcast where we, we broke down that live that live draft with David Dodds that night. Uh, you, you soak in this stuff and you start to make these types of picks, man, and, and just things go well. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's what he said. And, uh you know, I, I believe in that, and I'm glad that I'm glad that our show is making some kind of impact uh, to uh, to other uh, players out there because that's what that, that's what we do. That's what it's all about. Hey, I'm going to take as much credit as I can. The other thing is the tight end position is Chris Cooley and Tony Moyati. That's the only spot on here that maybe you know. But look, Cooley's still a top ten tight end, but when he's healthy, you can't knock that. His his quarterback position uh, is is. Uh, Freeman, he picked up Sean Hill. He got Sean Hill for $30 this week, Mike. Somebody let him have Sean Hill. He's been hanging on to Tony Romo, which I think a lot of us would argue you don't need to hang on to four quarterbacks. If, if I were him, I might bench take Romo and get him out of there. But you could also argue that he doesn't need any help at running back or wide receiver, and there's not a lot of tight ends out there. Uh, I would almost rather have Finley on my bench at this point than Romo, but maybe – Maybe that Finley injury, he's still not recovering from crutches or anything like that. <laughs> Excuse me, he's probably not back either. So there's not a lot you can do to that team. That team is uh, loaded for bear, you know, if you want to put it that way. He's, yeah. he's ready to go. And I'm sure if I'm him, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do with that money because it, it looks like it's mine right now. Well, you know, and just kind of stay focused and uh, on on the job at ta- you know, the, the the job at hand. I mean, just keep going and uh, go from there. And uh, but it sounds like he knows what he's doing and uh, he's he's got a plan in place. So uh, you know, I, I wish him good luck. You know, it's another thing too. I just kind of noticed when I'm talking to him, Jack's a real level-headed guy. He's not. Uh, he, he doesn't have the hysteria built into his voice and his persona like I do or you do or many a lot of these guys in there. You know, we're just fanatics about this thing, and he's just like, hey. You know, it's fantasy football, you know. We, uh, we'll we get together on Monday night. I'd be like, you're over at my house at 1230. We're going to talk about our yeah. lineup. We're going to make sure we have, you know, maybe 1030. We need a couple hours to sit here and talk about it, you know, uh, you know, figure out this lineup. No drinking the night before. we got to get this thing right, you right. know. He's, he's kind of like, yeah, well, uh, I'm going to probably go out with the wife or something, and then, uh, you know, maybe Monday night I'll check in my score. And <laughs> you know what? You have a team like 
you, you have a team like that, Mike, and you can do that. You know, I've got that team in Louisville Legends that's doing the same thing. It's rolling through the league, and, and you kind of get like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, that, that's yeah, what that team does. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. The, you yeah. know, it's funny. It's funny. There's uh, there's certain uh, certain teams you you need to pay more attention to, uh, certain leagues you need to pay more attention to than uh, other leagues. And uh, it sounds like to me that uh, he's like, well, you know, I really don't need to pay that much attention to because I've got a really good team, <laughs> and that's just the way it is. All right, three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. If you have a question, a lineup decision for week ten, we'd be happy to give you our two cents, whatever that's worth to you. Probably not even that. Uh, let's get to the keys. My Baltimore Atlanta last last night, uh, this Sunday, Detroit at Buffalo. Uh, I hope you have those over unders up, Mike, because let's see. You know, with Stafford, he's going to see Doctor Andrews for the right shoulder injury. So Sean Hill, I already talked about him earlier. He starts at Buffalo where the Lions hope to avoid an NFL record 25th straight road loss. The full playback is in, according to Schwartz, for Sean Hill. So I think you could start him with confidence. Even though the Bills rank sixth against the pass, that stat can be a little deceiving because they've given up 265 yards per game, Mike, over the last four games. Now, Joe oh, is best. He's still, dealing, he's still dealing with the toe injury. The Bills allow... 23 fantasy points per game, which is the second highest in the league, 178 yards per game, dead last, Mike. What do you see in this game other than an offensive slugfest? I see an offensive slugfest, and I see Fred Jackson. Uh, This game, uh, it's at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo is minus 2.5, and and the over and under is 44, which is very high uh, considering – what Detroit has got to go through with uh, Sean Hill, uh, when I say go through with Sean Hill, because I don't, you know, Sean Hill and uh, Calvin, I mean, they always, Calvin Johnson, they always hook up. But uh, I think uh, I think Buffalo is going to have a big game. And uh, I really believe this game will go under that 44. The more I'm looking at it, uh, because uh, Buffalo Buffalo tries hard. They've tried hard every single game. And, you know, everybody, they don't want to hear about trying hard. They want to see the result. Well, I think uh, Buffalo may, may give you the result this weekend. Uh, I love Fred Jackson in this game as a running back against uh, Detroit, though. Look, there's a lot going on in this game. If I'm looking at Buffalo – I've got uh, this this Roscoe Parrish situation where he's out. He had, somebody's got to take these targets, Mike. Roscoe Parrish the last three weeks, 12 targets, 8 and 11, and he's now out. Now, you heard John Duckworth in the chat room and others have been talking about David Nelson. Uh, Bingo. Who may take some, he was already getting five or six targets possibly. Now you're going to add these other targets that Parrish has uh, you've got a healthy Lee Evans, apparently, that is back into the lineup now. So you've got to consider all options at this point with uh, the Buffalo Bills because, let's face it, Ryan Fitzpatrick is lights out right now, okay? So uh, despite losing records, these teams have been involved in some of the year's more entertaining games, and I think the scoreboard should be busy at Ralph Wilson Stadium, Mike. Yeah, and who's a better team right now? Well, I shouldn't say who's a better team talent-wise, 
But when you throw out talent, who's a better team right now, uh, a Buffalo, a Carolina, or a Dallas? In my opinion, no question about it. Buffalo, they're hungry. They don't care about the records that they have right now. They still want to go out there and perform and, uh, you know, make their fans happy and and just uh, be the best they can be. And (laughs) Buffalo impresses me every single week I see them. Buffalo, I mean, I think they'll win this game against Detroit, and they're going to use, like I said, Fred Jackson is going to be a huge impact player as long as Fitzpatrick can use the wide receivers and other things to open up that running game. I'll tell you what, I, uh, I that game has a lot going on to it. You have to look at all options here. You've also got Detroit Lions wide receiver Nate Burleson. He scored a touchdown in three of the last four games, and Sunday's contest against the Bills has a shootout feel to it. So, Again, I think this is an option where you just have to look at that and say, you know what, uh, let's get them all in the game if we have to. Uh, this is this is one of those type games. I I disagree. I think the Bills are the better or, or the Lions are the better team here. The Lions, uh, their defense uh, is actually respectable when it when it comes to uh, much, you know better this year than it was last year. It may not show, but they have a lot more talent on that team. And, and I'm looking for, and, and they did well against the Jets last last week, despite the collapse. They played very well. It just happened to they're, they're in that rut where they lose those games, but that's well, a game I, that know, I think you have to put those guys in. Scott, I, I, I mean, I do agree with you. I think uh, uh, Buff, or Detroit is the better team. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it's been 20 years. We're going, we're coming into Thanksgiving. It's been 20 years since. Uh, it was like, uh, oh, man, I can't wait to see Dallas play and Detroit, uh, the heck with them. Well, this year it's like I can't wait to see Detroit play in the later game on Thanksgiving Day, uh, heck with Dallas. But, uh, I mean, let's face it, Detroit, they've come a long way. But I, I just I question Sean Hill. I've always questioned him, and uh, I'm not sure that, uh, that they have what it takes to uh, beat Buffalo. Well, we'll see. We've got uh, we've got some questions in the chat room about Matt Schaub, and, and so let's just go ahead and jump to that game a little ahead of our, ahead of our schedule, Mike, for our listeners, Brother Mayhem. Uh, Houston at Jacksonville again. Uh, Andre Johnson practiced, but they were white today. Kubiak said he's gonna go. He's nicked, but he's gonna go. He's got this ankle injury. He's been playing through the injury. Now Daniels, he will not go. He didn't do anything all week, so we're gonna have to wait another week. Now, as for Matt Schaub, uh, he's made every throw he's ever made, according to Kubiak, this week. So he is back into your lineup against the worst worst defense in the league right now. Well, both of them. Again, this is another shootout game, Mike. They've got to put up a Bingo. lot of points. Both of these teams are horrible against the wide receivers and quarterbacks. I like Schaub a lot in this game to rebound and get back to what Matt Schaub is supposed to be. You got Jacoby Jones, maybe a big week for Kevin Walter. These guys are both healthy, and I think Andre and Foster uh, will do enough to keep this thing rolling. What do you What do you think about this game? I think I think Mike Thomas and and, and uh, Tim Walker are both uh, good plays this week as well. Yeah, I, on both sides of the uh, both sides of the offenses. Uh, right now, uh, I'm showing uh, Jacksonville's one and a half point favorite, but the over and under is like uh, 
49 and a half. I mean, that's wow. almost 50. I mean, that that is huge in this type of game. Uh, so the running game, uh, both teams are going to uh, – they're going to establish the running game uh, with Arian Foster and Houston and uh, NJD with uh, Jacksonville. And then here comes Sims Walker. And then here comes, uh, you know, uh, Mike Thomas. Mike, Mike Thomas or uh, uh, for Houston. Oh, Jacoby Jones, Kevin Walter. Yeah. Andre Johnson. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're just going to be able to do things and, Let's face it, Matt Schaub, other than D'Angelo Williams, Matt Schaub has been one of the biggest disappointments in uh, in fantasy football yeah. history. Yeah, good point. Yeah, he was being drafted right around the uh, Aaron Rodgers type uh, category with those guys, top five, uh, Tom Brady type. And uh, look, look at what he's doing. Look, these guys can't stop the wide receivers. They can't stop the running backs. They can't stop the tight ends. you got to throw them all in there in a game like that with a 50-point uh with a 50-point over-under. It's just there's no doubt about it. The, the AFC South here, this rivalry, it's produced 95 total points in two games last year. So look for more fireworks as neither defense can hold the opposing offense, Mike. So I, I, I like them all here. If you can start them, get them in the lineup. There's, uh, yep. there's, there's nothing else Nothing else you can, uh, you'd rather do this week. Now, Minnesota – Minnesota goes to Chicago, Mike. This is an interesting game, and it's that uh, it's that rivalry game inside of that division. So let's talk about Brett Favre throwing up his 440-yard effort last week. Percy Harvin practiced on a limited basis on Friday. He missed two days with these migraines again, so he's questionable. But you know what? I looked at this. I researched. He's better in the three weeks that he's been limited than the four weeks when he practiced fully. So it's almost like a game for Percy Harvin. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Sidney Rice is actually questionable, even though he hasn't been activated and off the pup yet. It seems like Rice has a good chance that he will play, Mike, but they, he's talking like either he's considering the long-term implication. But the coach said that he practiced very hard this week. So Marion uh, is also questionable with a groin injury. So, the Vikings, Mike, have some question marks. What do you think about that situation? Well, I got a good take on this game. Uh, the over and under is uh, 40 and a half, which is very low. I really like uh, Matt Forte in this game. Um, I, I'm not a big Matt Forte fan, but uh, in this game, I really like Matt Forte at home in Chicago. Uh, Minnesota is a one-point favorite, but, uh, you know, that that tells me nothing. Uh, the bottom line is that uh, both teams, it's a black and blue division. I mean, it, it's a division that uh, they're going to be going head-to-head, and uh, I see this game between the 40s, between the 30s, and uh, Matt Forte making a big impact. If you're a Matt Forte owner, You like you like uh, what Matt Forte brings to the table this week, huh? I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's one of those plays that I'm not too confident about yet. I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see what what Chicago is going to do in this game. I think the defense will show up big. What what is the over under in that game? Do you have that, Andy? Forty. Okay. Yeah. See, it's uh, forty it's a and a half. It's, it's a very low total. Yeah. 
little 2020 type game. I, I don't yep. I don't see much in Forte that that I really want to want to get excited about, especially against Minnesota. Now Minnesota is not as dominant as they've been in years past, but they're still very respectable. They're an average uh, ground stopping unit. So I uh, I don't know if I can get behind that yet, Mike. I'm just kind of I'm just kind of putting a wait and see approach. I, I can't trust Brett Favre again. Uh, not just I mean I guess if he's my only option, but I'm looking for some of those shootout games. You know, the KC Denver, the Houston Jacksonville. I'd rather play Gerard this week than Brett Favre. That's just that's the way I feel right now. And uh, you know, we'll we'll have to watch. I'm gonna tell you right now, Scott. This is type game. If you have a uh, well, I'm I'm getting on his bandwagon again, Shianko. This is a type of game where uh, you know you know where they don't spread the uh, defense, spread the offense nearly as much. Chianco, he could sneak in for a touchdown. All right, well, Shot Caller in the chat room says that Chester is the goal line back now, and I always trust Shot Caller when he has uh, a take here in the chat room. Now, we'll have to see what else he, what else he brings up now. But Daedric uh, uh, Josh is in the chat room now, too, so we'll have to see what he has to say in this uh, in this game this week. The Jets take on Cleveland in a much a much more oh, forward right? This is a this is a scary team that your Rex Ryan uh, coming to Cleveland after the Cleveland Patriots uh, the Cleveland Browns just dissimilated uh, <laughs> they, they they destroyed the Patriots in uh, that game uh, he got the uh, he got the Gatorade bath okay uh, it sounds like LT's wearing down Mike they worked this guy hard it sounds like he's wearing down a little bit the reports are that Sean Green might be splitting carries now in this game. Uh, Colt McCoy, uh, look, DeLome and uh, Wallace, they've they conceded this job. Colt McCoy has looked absolutely fantastic for a young kid coming in. And, uh, you know, I was rooting for this kid. I didn't know if he had it in him, but I was rooting for him. And, uh, yeah, he's doing it. Uh, and this Peyton Hillis, holy cow, Mike, uh, the beast, the beast that is Peyton Hillis, he's running into the, the number one okay. rushing defense in the league. Something has to give, Mike. What's it going to be? Well, I tell you what, uh, the over and under in this game is uh, thirty-seven and a half, and what's going to give is Peyton Hillis's uh, production. Peyton Hillis, he will—he's uh, going to have a tough time against the Jets. The Jets are going to have a tough time against Cleveland. I can't believe I said that, but they will. Um, it's going to be a weird homecoming for Braylon Edwards. Uh, I don't see much out of Braylon Edwards. Uh, I, I see Sanchez and uh, Dustin Keller just uh, going about their business, and uh, Santonio Holmes could be huge. Could be huge. Uh, you know, I, I really think that Cleveland at at home, but I, I just I like the Jets in this game. Uh, even though I'm not a big Jets fan, but I love the way uh, Mar Sanchez he's doing what he needs to be doing. And uh, I, I love him going to uh, Keller. Uh, Dustin Keller, to me, is going to be a big impact player in this game. If you have him, tell him, take him. Hey, not bad. Uh, Cleveland is 28th in the league against the tight end. So we'll we'll see how that game shapes up. You have Santonio Holmes uh, that, that had the game-saving play against Detroit. They had to come back. Cleveland's rushing defense is surprising this year. They're number sixth in the NFL against the run, so I don't see LT. This is a game that I, I probably sit LT, and I let's see what Sanchez can do. If you have Phillip Rivers, 
maybe you had a Sanchez on your bench uh, or somebody like a Matt Castle or somebody on your bench. This is the week that you can get a Sanchez in your lineup because I don't see the Jets successfully running on the Browns. Now, I don't think they'll give up on the run, but I think you'll see a lot more yards through the air. I think they'll spread it out with Cotchery, like you said, Keller, uh, Holmes yep. getting his books for sure, and then Braylon you know, maybe get through with uh, with a deep ball or two. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to dig and duck it, and uh, but you know, it's whatever it takes to win. Uh, you know, Vegas makes these lines, uh, and they they made this one low, and they made it low for a reason. So, uh, you know, I, I see uh, Mark Sanchez being. Uh, Maturing even more and more, and this game is going to be a maturation game because uh, at Cleveland, it won't be easy. Well, and San Antonio Holmes, he shouldn't be forgotten in this offense as it seems he and Sanchez have finally built up a rapport together. It hasn't turned into a TD just yet, but with his first 100-yard game coming last week, I can see the goal line barrier finally coming down this Sunday against the Browns. Again, they're 26 in passing touchdowns allowed. And Sanchez, look, he's got this great receiving court to work with, no doubt about it. He he also has a dominant backfield and an offensive line to take the pressure off of him. So when you add those factors up against a poorest pass D like Cleveland has, and, and you're probably looking at some sort of stats that he put up last week against the Lions, Mike. He put up 330 yards and a touchdown and a rushing touchdown. So this is well, that was that also I, I, a career high. I mean, th- that yeah. was also a career high, Scott, and uh, we can't bank on him doing that again. No, no, you can't bank on that's the Detroit Lions for sure. But, look, look it's, it's, it's this uh, battle of wills here. LaDainian Tomlinson, he's still the man for now. Yeah. He'll break down a bit eventually, but probably not in this game. So, I see Cleveland putting up a good fight against the Jets, but in the end, the Jets' O-line will wear the Bears down, and, and then LT, too, will, you know, or LT will shoot off for a couple of big ones possibly late. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to see. That, that comes from Pyro. We'll, so we'll, we'll have to see if, the, if that actually uh, comes to fruition. Ben Watson, possibly a starter here. The Jets don't give up a whole a lot to tight ends, but I think Watson will be needed in this game as a, as a dump off. Uh, for McCoy. Now, I wouldn't expect a lot. You know, I, I, obviously, I like Keller a lot more. The Cleveland's tied for the fifth-worst team in the league defending against tight ends this year, and they, they cough up the third-most receptions per game to tight ends. So, you know, like you said, I think he, can, he hasn't been using the offense as much since Holmes returned, but he's going to get a good opportunity this game against this, uh, this Browns defense. So, uh, good no, call on that, Mike. I'm going to say good well, call. Well, no doubt, Scott. It's going to be a dump-off kind of kind of game, and, uh, you know, it's just going to be uh, about the uh, quarterbacks managing the game and uh, managing the tight ends because it, the tight ends in this game are going to be very crucial. Yeah. All right, let's, let's get on to this next game, Mike. Uh, another shootout. I like to play these shootouts here. Kansas City at Denver. Uh, Dexter was limited, so he has the ankle that's questionable. And this game, the Chiefs destroyed the Broncos. Remember, week 17 last season, 44-24. They had a dominating defensive performance. They had Jamal Charles with 260 rushing yards in the, on the ground. And two, I know that's your guy. And now a year later, the Broncos still can't stop the run, ranking 31st in the league, allowing 155 yards per game, Mike. So this is 
This is another opportunity for Jamal Charles to be a top five running back. The defense, the Denver defense, is much like that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's much like that. Uh, good luck in. Uh, well, I won't even. I won't even say it. Okay. Look, they're thirty first in the rushing yards allowed per game, dead last in touchdowns. Charles is exactly the type of back to exploit this sort of uh, of team. I mean, unless right. he gets Thomas Jones in there, that's the thing that really gets me frustrated. But. Uh, you know, I think Thomas Jones get his this week too. Thomas Jones is a top twenty back this week as well. These numbers, uh, the numbers he threw out, I mean, they are all very relevant. But it's uh, it's that same division. It's the AFC West, and uh, the bottom line is KC Denver. Uh, the over and under is forty three, and that game is going under. And I'll tell you why. Denver is hungry to get things right. Kansas City, they're getting lucky to get things right. I, I mean, I, I apologize to any Kansas City fans out there, but they're lucky when they get things right. If Denver shows up with the right D, this game screams out 17-6 to 6 or something like that. I'm going way under the total. Uh, I do not like anybody on either team. Well, you certainly back that up with statistical analysis, man. I love that. Uh, look, Denver is hungry. Is your is your is your case? Is that what the case is for Denver this week? They're hungry. Yes, defensive. Go, go get a couple butter burgers, man. Do something with that. Look, I, I love uh, okay, the Kansas City of weapons in this game. The Broncos have been pretty bad against tight ends this year. I think I think Moiaki's a start this week. Uh, Moreno, uh, again, this kid, look, I'm rooting for Moreno. I don't know if he's got it in him. He has not looked healthy. Uh, he hasn't got uh, the, the, the yards per carry. But, look, he scores touchdowns. He may not be the high-volume yardage back, but he scores touchdowns. Orton gets him receptions. And Orton, in this game, should get him in the red zone. So, I like I like Moreno. I like Charles. Uh, let, let's look at the wide receivers. I know Lance is in the chat room. And he doesn't like Dwayne Bowe this week, Mike. Now, he's benching Dwayne Bowe. Uh, oh, and, 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 and you're a Denver guy this week. But Bowe's on a hot streak right now, catching seven touchdowns in his last six games. So, if you want, uh, if, if, if you think that uh, that's going to come to an end this week with Champ Bailey likely to shadow him all game, uh, okay. But I think he's... I think he's worth a shot. I don't think there, I don't think there's any way you can really bench this guy unless you have a really solid option. This is a bounce back game for Denver. Uh, like I said, I mean you, you can't you can't bench Charles. I, I'm going to start Charles in a bunch of leagues, but uh, when I'm talking about over 43, that will not hit over 43. These two teams will not hit 43 because Denver. Has too much pride in him. Josh McDaniels, he's going to make sure that Kansas City doesn't score enough. So, I I, I like the under 43. You want to go two Bundle Burgers? Hey, listen, uh, we've got uh, we've got Wayne in the chat room uh, saying, if you would have started everyone Mike said to sit last week, you would have done very well. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh, man, this is, this, is, this is great. Let's take a look at the quarterbacks in this game because, again, it's going to come down like, you, you know, this is where you have uh, the edge. Denver has the edge in quarterback. you got Kyle Orton. He's been one of the biggest surprises this year. And, uh, 
look, against defenses ranked 20th or lower in the league, KC's ranked 21st, Orton has averaged 328 yards per game along with one and a half touchdowns. Now, actually, he hasn't done that much worse over the course of the entire season. Uh, but basically, look, Orton is an every-week starter. You've got to get him in there if you have him in your lineup uh, or on your roster, and he's got a great matchup this week. So, uh, you know, I, I, I like that aspect of your your decision that uh, that, that Denver's going to win that game. Now, my question will become, Mike, Eddie Royal, Michael Crabtree. Yes, me. Well, let's, just, let's keep it simple right there. Eddie Royal or Michael Crabtree? You like Crabtree? Uh, I like Crabtree, yes. All right, well, let's, let's go ahead and move to that game then. Again, I'm sticking with the shootout, Mike, and uh, I want to get your opinion on this game. St. Louis at San Francisco. San Francisco is a six-point favorite, Mike. That line looks wrong to me. Uh, it does. Basically, San Francisco. Let, let's talk about it. San Francisco at a six-point favorite. Talk to you. You get the floor. Go first. Okay. Uh, first off, San Francisco is a six-point favorite, and the over and under is uh, 38. 38 is a low total. You're going to tell me that San Francisco's defense has improved that much to hold St. Louis to, what, 10 points? I don't think so. St. Louis will score. They will score at will whenever they need to. Uh, San Francisco, I mean, they've improved a little bit, but Crabtree, I mean, he's going to be effective. But uh, if I'm looking at this game, I'm looking at uh, Frank Gore. I'm looking at Frank Gore being the means and and the mind behind this uh, offense. If you have Frank Gore, well, obviously you do, then you better do it. Uh, you put him in, and it's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, looking on the other side of it, St. Louis, Amendola, he's solid. I mean, he's shown up every freaking week. He's going to get receptions. Start Danny Amendola. Okay. All right. Is that it? That's it. All right. Good. Good stuff, man. Listen, I'm kind of like uh, I'm kind of like a couple of others here. I don't understand. Wait a minute. Let's take a call from the four two four. I'll break this game down in just a second. Four two four. You're on the air with Red versus Blue. No, he got scared. He's gone. Four two four. Maybe maybe we can get him back on the line here. But listen, here's the take on the San Francisco game for me. My what in the hell has San Francisco done to be a six point favorite against anybody? I don't get that. Okay. I don't get that. Nothing. Sam Bra- Sam Bradford has played with this team very well. This is not the same defense you saw last year for St. Louis. They were dead last in the league last year against the run. You know what they are now, Mike? Number nine. They were they were one of the worst in the league against the pass. You know what they are now? Number 14. You had a good Spagnolo defense to a Sam Bradford team, which is, hey, you know, this kid's got all the talent in the world right now. So, uh, hey, I'm, I'm of the opinion that this game is is a I don't I don't get this, I don't get the line number one. Maybe maybe Vegas knows something I don't. But you know, San Fran's coming off a bye week. Maybe they think they're going to be uh, a little healthier. But St. Louis is coming off a bye week. I don't get week. it. Get it? I don't get it at all, Scott. I mean, you know, St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis screams out to me. I'm I'm, I'm like, whoa. Okay. 
All right, I thought I thought you were kind of siding with the uh, the San Fran side. Maybe maybe I no 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 no. I like I like St. Louis in this game. I, I like the the players uh, fantasy wise. Uh, I love uh, Frank Gore in this game. I, you know, I, I think he's going to do well. I think Crabtree's going to do well. But uh, when it all boils down to it, like I said, Amendola is going to have a huge game. Uh, St. Louis will have a huge game. Steven Jackson is going to be nice. Yeah, I don't want to even talk about the. I don't even want to talk about the quarterbacks in this game because it's just uh, it's just depressing to even bring up. Let's bring up the wide receivers first. We've got Michael Crabtree, Troy Smith, and Crabtree. They hooked up for a TD last game. By the way, we're going to overtime. If you guys hit refresh, let's let's see. Hit re- I'm just going to put a little note to the chat. Hit, hit refresh if you need to, guys. We're going overtime. We're going overtime because we've got so many games we've got to get through. We had the interview, and I, I want to make sure we get through these Week 10 games. Troy Smith and Crabtree, they hooked up for that TD last game, and even though he only caught three passes in the contest, Smith should at least have enough confidence to try him out again this Sunday. I, so, I, so I think I'm putting Crabtree in. And then you've got questions here. Like you said, Amendola, you know, he's not a real threat for the long ball, but in, in our leagues, PPR leagues, he's worth a shot here. Uh, San Fran can be passed on, and with their rushing D being real solid, you know, uh, Bradford will have to toss it up a bunch. Maybe even look for the breakout, Lawrence Robinson. He is healthy, Mike, and there's nothing wrong with this kid. You know, you might be able to get Lawrence Robinson in your lineup here in a, in a week or so, especially if he looks okay this week. Now, Frank Gore, well, like you said, look, he's a no-brainer. you got to have Frank Gore in your lineup. Steven Jackson, on the other hand, I'm not so sure – he, he should be back in full force after the bye week to take care of this finger problem. But don't seem to be surprised if he goes a little berserk in this game. San Fran's stout against the run, but Jackson's seen it all before, and he's ready to do some damage. This is Steven Jackson still, right? I mean, am I, am I right? This is still – he practiced right. on Friday. He wasn't limited, but he did practice, Mike. So I, I, I kind of see this uh, St. Louis offense getting off. Exactly, and the – you know, I mean, Steven Jackson, it is his team, and uh, that's what he's supposed to do. Uh, the only reason I'm high on Amendola is because, uh, you know, I checked uh, a couple weeks ago, Amendola had three receptions for 14 yards. Well, that tells me that they're going to him. They're, they're going to continue to go to him. Uh, he's a slasher. He's a type of guy, you know, he, he may not – He's not high profile where he can go down the field for 80 yards and catch that touchdown, but he's going to get a lot of receptions, and you you can rely on Amendola to get you some get you some points instead of uh, some other players. Oh yeah, I, I I like what I'm seeing out of this uh, St. Louis offense. The other question is Vernon Davis. He wants this, uh, you know, third game in a row with a touchdown versus St. Louis. He will go. But St. Louis is holding tight ends to like three fantasy points per week, which is the third lowest in the NFL. Only Pettigrew has been able to score a touchdown against this St. Louis defense. I'm telling you, the St. Louis defense is no joke. I, I'm i going to say it right now. St. Louis defense is better than San Francisco right now. Right now, well, that was St. Fun. Louis defense is better than San Francisco. And, and, and I, then I think it becomes Bradford or Troy Smith. And I, and I, and give me Bradford all day long. So look, Bradford's on he's on pace to set rookie records, Mike, for passing attempts and completions, and he projects to finish among the all-time top 
five in passing yards and touchdowns among rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Scott, that comes uh, full circle to where uh, this conversation even started. Why is San Francisco a six-point favorite? St. Louis yeah. is the player. And not just from a betting side, but just from a fantasy football side, uh, if you have some anybody playing for St. Louis, uh, you almost got to start them. Oh, man, I wish you wouldn't have agreed with me. Now I just hate the bet that I laid on this game, man. I just hate it. Hate well, it. I mean, it's the truth. It's the truth. I mean, you know, it, it's a low total, and uh, San Francisco six. I mean, when I see a six-point favorite and a low total like 38, wow. That that, that tells me either San Francisco, will blow, they're going to blow them out or it's going to be tight. And I like it to be tight. And St. Louis will keep it tight. All right, let's keep it rolling, Mike. All right, what's next? Hello? Scott. Scott. Yeah. 
back after technical issues from Blog Talk Radio. Servers crashing, servers rebooting. It looks like Mike is gone. He got disconnected. He'll probably try to get back on here in a minute. Thanks to the crew for sticking in there. They were they were having a field day in the chat room. We are back. Uh, I think we were breaking down a Seattle-Arizona game. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for Mike, who will try to get back in. But it was uh, it was very difficult to get back into the game. Uh, we are back here at Red vs. Blue, 347-324-5404. If you want to be my new co-host, feel free to give us a call, and we'll get you in because Mike is still out. Seattle at Arizona. Look, Golden Tate's not going to travel. Lynch is probable after returning from practice. This is Chris Wells, Beanie Wells. Where are you at, Daedrick or Josh? Everybody said that Wells was going to play, and Wells pulls up. Uh, a goose egg out of his ass. I mean, look, everybody had him in the lineup, I'm sure, if you if you needed him. And now all of a sudden, uh, Wells gets a goose egg uh, for all of his players who put him in there. He was limited with his knee Friday. Sounds like Hightower is going to be playing uh, and starting in this game. And you know what? Against Seattle, uh, you know, not a, not a terrible situation. Seattle's 27th in the league against running backs. And I think I would take Tim Hightower in a situation, if I'm hurting for running backs, and I, I am in the FFPC, I'll put Tim Hightower in there, and, and I think I think he'll be okay in that game. That's a situation where we've got Seattle and Arizona. You don't have any quarterbacks to speak of, but you have to like Marshawn Lynch in this game. If he gets healthy, which it sounds like he is, look, it won't be special by any means, but if you're looking to play the – the fugliest guy in the league for some reason, whether it be a bye week for another guy or you simply like him for whatever reason. Look, it's a great matchup. The 28th-ranked rush D in the league. Uh, I'm going to try to pull up the over-under here. Mike has all the over-unders usually. Um, that's funny. Mike just bails on us and doesn't uh, doesn't come back without a – he doesn't come back. He doesn't come back on the show. Maybe he just uh, – maybe he was there for a while. I just – I don't know. The BTR uh, servers look like they went down – Look, I like I like Marshawn Lynch this week, and, and I'll tell you what, you can't start Beanie Wells anymore at all. This guy has been an absolute bust on the entire season, very powerful, uh, gets him the yards that most backs won't get. But this is not a this is not a, a Beanie Wells year. This is uh, this is injury after injury. So I, I'd love to get Josh to tell me a, a little bit about what he thinks here. Look, I've got somebody from the two one two two one two. You're on the air with Red versus Blue. Hey, Scott, it's me, Alex. What do you say, bud? I just wanted to uh, – I had this opportunity to uh, to replace an icon here on your show, uh, if only for a few minutes. So I just wanted to uh, to see to see how uh, how we would feel. And, boy, does it hey. feel good. Well, let's, 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 let's try it on like a suit, you know, like it's been hanging in the closet. We've been looking at it for a while. We're like, man, I'm going to pull that suit out and – and, and, and go out on the town tonight. Let's let's see what it feels like. We got the prom prognosticator in the house, the owner of the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Thanks for doing a red versus blue out. Let's talk a little of G Men football because this Seattle Arizona game is just not doing it for me. Arizona defense, I definitely play you guys. The run defense has surrendered big game to rushers in the last two straight games. Lagert Blunt and Adrian Peterson. And the Seahawks come in. Look, they got Marshawn Lynch or four set. I think they're viable flex options, but other than that, I don't I don't see much else. So I'd rather talk I'd rather talk about your G men. That's the team that really needs to do it for me this week. Can we do that? Absolutely. I'm gonna be there actually oh. Sunday. 
Nice. I'm coming up in your neck of the woods Tuesday. I'll be in Newark. I, I don't know. Uh, I got. I'd, I'd have to travel a little bit more to get to your place, but uh, I'll be up there Tuesday and Wednesday next week. Yeah, Newark's. Uh, well, you'll be right next to the stadium. You won't be too far. Maybe uh, half hour. I'd like to check it out, man. Well, look. So Dallas at New York. We just saw this game, didn't we? A couple weeks ago, I was um, I was out of town watching this game, and this was the Knicks' offensive explosion. Dallas started strong. And then uh, the G-men kicked in, and they really just kicked ass. So, can we see more of the same? This is Jason Garrett now. Is that going to do anything for the Cowboys? Uh, I'm not sure how it can do anything. I mean, you're basically taking the uh, offensive coordinator who is responsible for uh, an offense that really hasn't been doing much. You know, it's been uh, hasn't had a running game, uh, hasn't really had – much of an identity over the course of the year. Um, so you're taking this offensive coordinator and making him the coach. It's obviously a stopgap situation. Uh, can he all of a sudden, you know, make this, make these bums uh, want to play football? And, uh, you know, can, can he can he make them all of a sudden want to, you know, want to, uh, um, you know, can they, can they all of a sudden have heart and, and want to have the will to play? And play against the Giants in the Meadowlands? I can't see it. Uh, this could get real embarrassing for Dallas, and and I, I really hope I could see Jerry Jones from where I'm sitting. I tell you what, when I look at this quarterback uh, rankings this week, I, I see it everywhere I go. Peyton at the top, Eli number two. This is uh, one of those situations where the Manning brothers look like the two best quarterbacks in the league this week. And I'll tell you what, uh, Eli's got a great matchup. He's thrown for 290 yards plus in three of the past four weeks, Alex. Uh, he's tossing up three TDs a game during this stretch. And, and you've got to love Knicks if you have Knicks on your squad. Now you introduce Mario Manningham to this equation. Uh, and you're somebody I talked to about this earlier today. I'm like, i, I got to get Manningham in the lineup. He's got to be somewhere around that 20-25 range for wide receivers this week with Steve Smith. Out of the lineup, he's got the Thursday injury. What injury is his pectoral injury? And Manningham takes over as the number two wide receiver. What do you see here, man? Uh, well, I mean, I know you have both of them, and so they're a must-start together. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier, and, and those of you guys who've listened to uh, to the um, roundtable in uh, in Las Vegas in September, uh, we we spent a, a lot of time talking about starting two wide receivers from the same team. And um, uh, Knicks and Steve Smith, if you drafted those two guys together in the third and fourth round, uh, maybe Smith by himself may not have been such a great pick. But together, I think they are the number one scoring um, wide receiver duo in fantasy football other than Wayne and Colley, who, you know, Colley wasn't really a starter at the time. So Knicks and and, uh, and Manningham are a must-start. You know, not really going to see much of a drop off from Manningham to Steve. You know, from Steve Smith to Manningham. I mean, you will a little bit. I mean, Steve Smith is obviously a much better route runner, much more disciplined. But uh, from for fantasy purposes, I, I, I don't see I don't see a big drop off there. What about this other side of the ball when you've got John Kitna throwing? Miles Austin has not looked like himself with John Kitna. Now the reason why a lot of people are saying 
that Des Bryant thus far has been the better rapport is because they worked together quite a bit on the second team earlier this year. Now, sooner or later, though, you got to think that Kitna and Austin will get on the same page, and then Austin rises back up to elite status. But I, I just, I mean, can you even, I mean, Austin has been disappearing with this offense. So I, I almost, if, if it's Austin or Des, who do you start? Um. I you know I can't answer the question why Miles Austin's disappearing. The point about uh, Kitna playing with the uh, with the uh, second guy, the second team guys, yeah, that that's you know I think that usually uh, is the case. You know the backups come in and then the third uh, the uh, the backup uh, wide receivers. I mean the backup quarterback comes in and the backup wide receivers seem to excel. I have no idea. I really you know that's the thing with uh, with Jason Garrett is really I mean how do you how do you figure what's going on in that offense? You know, you really, what is the identity of that offense? Uh, you know, you, you look at uh, teams around the league, you know what they're doing. What is Dallas doing? You know, I mean, you, you've got Miles Austin, the next game it's Witten, the next game it's, uh, you know, it's Des Bryant. I mean, what, what is going on there? So uh, it seems to me like it's basically whoever's open, that's what I'm throwing to well, if you got Witten, you definitely have him in the lineup. Uh, Armand Bradshaw, this guy, I know you've been very high on him since he came into the league, Alex. And, and this kid, he's a he's a working man's hero. Every single play is his last. Every single rush, he's looking for six points. I mean, it looks every down means the Super Bowl of this guy. And, and Dallas looks like they've just given up on their season, and all the Giants will need is – one long game had Bradshaw to deplete. They're going to just deflate the Cowboys into oblivion, and I think Bradshaw just gets it going early and often, don't you? I mean, isn't that isn't that what we're going to see on Sunday? Wait, this is the interesting thing about Bradshaw. How come no one ever says that he's too small? Why is it that you know whenever you hear about Javid Best or you know you hear every time a running back comes into the league that's five ten, uh, two hundred pounds, one ninety five, whatever, two hundred five. Under you know under two ten under six foot oh he's too small he's too small Bradshaw's five nine at best yeah, yeah. one hundred ninety five pounds the guy runs like a bull I mean try yeah. tackling that guy you know um, so yeah he's obviously a beast and and you know he's a small man and he runs <laughs> man if they were starting him last year I mean they should have been starting him last year over over Jacob so here's a guy who's sixty five pounds bigger. And runs sixty-five pounds uh, softer. We got a call from the seven hundred three. Seven hundred three, you're on the air with Red and the New Blue on here, uh, Alex Paganowski. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have a lineup question. Uh, I I'm in a standard twelve-team league. Uh, I start two wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex, and I'm starting. Um, Andre Johnson and Brandon Marshall as my two wide receivers. But after that, I'm pretty clueless as to who to start. The guys I have uh, are um, Mike Williams from Seattle, uh, Nate Washington from Tennessee, uh, Matt Forte, LeGarrette Blunt, Ryan Terrain, uh Donald Brown. And was wondering uh, which two should I start at running back and uh, for the flex position, who should I start? Okay, so I heard Forte, Blunt, Donald Brown at running back, and who else? Terrain? Uh, yeah, Terrain also at running back, and then Nate Washington and uh, Mike Williams from Seattle. How many okay. do you need? How many do you need? I need two running backs and one flex, either wide receiver or, uh, uh, you know, running back. 
Yeah. Well, you came to the right place because Scott's really good at these. Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I'm the worst, man. I I don't know. I, I, when I just hear the list, okay, Forte, he's at least a starter. Uh, now Donald Brown, I think he's still going to be splitting carries more so than Forte. So I don't I don't I don't bench Forte for Donald Brown. I put Forte in, and then Blunt. We talked about him earlier in the program, caller, and 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 Blunt has a fantastic matchup against Carolina, uh, who's one of the uh, one of the worst in the league against the run compared to their their passing defense, which is which is very formidable. So I definitely put Blunt in without hesitation. He's my top player, and then the flex. Uh, look, Randy Moss is there. I don't know what that does to Nate Washington. You've got Kerry Collins in this game. We haven't talked about the Tennessee Miami game yet. Uh, Randy Moss is there. I don't know how that affects Nate Washington. Maybe it's maybe it gives him more opportunities. But at this point, with Golden Tate injured. I think I put Mike Williams in there because that's, that's playing Arizona, and, and you just got to see what Mike Williams can do. He's been cold. He hasn't been the Mike Williams that we saw early to, after a couple of nice games back in week six and seven. He's tapered off a bit. And, but, I, but I think one of those games came against Arizona, one of those big games. So it's possible that big Mike Williams repeats his 16 target, you know, what was it, 11 catches and – in a touchdown game this Sunday, but the Cards will remember what he did the first time around and, and likely play a bit more attention, Alex. So I don't know. Maybe I, I think I go Williams, Blunt, and Forte. What, what about you, Alex? Well, first you get rid of any guy that's either questionable or, or you know possibly is uh, has been hobbled a little bit, like Torrain. So even if he's yeah. active, you know I personally get rid of those guys. If I have options, I don't even consider the guys that have been, you know, kind of struggling through the week. So. Uh, Mike Williams, I definitely agree with you. I mean, look what uh, uh, look how many yards they gave up in the air last week. Uh, uh, Arizona did uh, was it yeah. 440 right to Favre. So yeah. yeah, Mike Williams definitely a guy to get in. I mean, he last week he was um, he was playing the Giants and he had Whitehurst at quarterback. That was, you know you got to throw that out and you got to go back and see what he was doing the few weeks before. So Mike Williams is in. Forte is in. And uh, you know, Blunt, I guess. Blunt or Donald Brown, yeah. I, I think I put Blunt in just because. Look, Carolina's got a good defense, but you know the offense is so bad that the opposing team gets the ball back really quick, and so they have no choice but to run the ball. So Blunt's going to garner what? He's going to get twenty plus carries. He's going to get around a hundred yards this week. And, and look, I, I think a TD or two around the goal line it really wouldn't surprise me. I, I'm very high on Legarrette Blunt this week. Great, guys. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, just one other quick question. I can also pick up Mike Thomas from Jacksonville uh, because he's on the waiver wire. And then the other question was uh, uh, Marshawn Lynch was dropped uh, by another owner, and I have Michael Bush, uh, but I do not have McFadden. So I'm planning to drop Michael Bush to try to pick up Marshawn Lynch. What do you guys think about that? Um, I go get what was the first guy you said? Uh, yeah, Mike Thomas has a superb matchup. So if you get him, uh, I would throw him in there. I mean, you know, that, again, we talked about that game. Scott talked about that game earlier. It's got a total of 50. Uh, the line is, is 50, and uh, you know, so you expect a lot of scoring there. And Mike Thomas should probably be in your lineup. I would say over. Uh, I would definitely put him in over Blunt. If it's a, is it a PPR league again? 
No, it's a standard league. Oh, uh, standard but... league. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then maybe it's not so much. Um, okay. But uh, but Marshawn Lynch and uh, Mike Bush to me it's uh, yeah, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Okay. Yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with that too. Mike Thomas is not a, a touchdown guy. He's a PPR guy. I think I like Nate Washington more than Mike Thomas for that reason. I think I think with Randy on board, Washington his value has increased a ton. I mean, he becomes instead of a subpar number one, right? He's now a, a nice number two, and and this year we've seen it as plain as day that whatever wide receiver lines up opposite the Moth Man, right? He he thrives by on his normal game. Wes Welker did it, right? Percy Harvin did it. And now it's Nate Washington's turn to kind of continue that trend. So, man, I, what am I saying? I think I think, I think I like Nate Washington there. You know, the only thing about Nate Washington is, I, I you know, he's been used in the, uh, in the past as, as the uh, the deep guy. And now, so now he has to switch roles and, and I guess play uh, play the, the short, the intermediate routes. And I don't know. I, I don't know much about Nate Washington. I don't know if he could handle that role. Maybe he can. Maybe he can't. But uh, you know, he he's been the guy that's been going deep. Now you know he's he's uh, he's obviously given that role up to Moss. All right. Thanks, caller from the seven zero three man. Come back anytime, man. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, Alex, we got four minutes left. Uh, I'm glad you were all over the Giants, man. I can't wait to, uh, I, you know, I can't wait to see that game unfold. And I just hope that I make this right decision here. Eli, he looks like a no-brainer uh, to me to to start him. I know I've got Michael Vick on this uh, team as well. It's a very important league to me. Uh, and you know, Washington, it, they've been known to put guys out, you know, and get them injured. And, and I don't know. I mean, you know, this is a Monday night game. I can't predict an injury, but with that style of play, it's a lot easier to get injured. I mean, you're on the road at Washington, whereas I could just take the safe play with Eli and put him in there against Dallas, right? I mean, I think Eli is the play over Vic. Well, here's the thing. I'd like to add something about the Giants. Uh, last week was, was a key um, showing for them. Uh, they went to Seattle, uh, uh, a place of where they, they they typically do not play well at all. Okay, so the, the Giants basically went to Seattle, uh, an inferior opponent. And in the years past, when the Giants were kind of like, you know, well, they were good, but who knows? You know, they would lose that game or at least play poorly. They went in there in Seattle and absolutely dominated. I mean, obviously everyone saw that. And I think they would have dominated whether it was Hasselback or, or whether it was Whitehurst or whoever. So I think you're looking at a giant team that's for real now, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen this Sunday. So, yeah. And the other thing with Eli is I think everyone has noticed that, you know, this team is going to throw, is going to keep the foot, the foot on the pedal, and it's going to keep putting the points on the board. So, you know, there's absolutely no risk with putting Eli in there, I would say. Uh, but having said that, I think I play Vic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Alex, thanks for coming on, man. Listen, we've got the World Championship of Fantasy Football. We've got the Fantasy Football Players Championship. These are the pivotal last two weeks, 10 and 11, and then we find out who qualifies for that two-week playoff shootout that you pioneered at the FFPC, weeks 12 and 13. Those are the two weeks that really decide. But week 10 and 11, this is it. And that's all we have to, to, to get our chance into the playoffs. Do you have any... Any comments about that? Well, I mean, I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting tooth and nail with my teams in another contest, also with the 11-week uh, regular season. And, 
you know, I know what it feels. Uh, uh, you know, this is an exciting time of the year. And uh, the great thing about the uh, the FFPC is, uh, you know, the format allows for a lot of teams to be involved. And uh, you know, I wish I wish everyone a lot of luck and may the best team team come come up victorious. Yeah, well, we had we had uh, the best team on the air with us tonight. Remember, Jack Perkins, Proper Sundays, is going to win your contest. You are going to write them a $100,000 check, and I'm sure that's the uh, kiss of death uh, for them. But they are going to have to sustain some major, major injuries to not have that happen, in my opinion. So I think those are the guys you just go ahead. And I've already talked to them. I, I, I told them about your fast payouts. I uh, I'm 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 really excited to see that take place. But this is it. This is the Thursday night games have started. Now when that happens, that's the time we know we've got a couple of weeks left here. And you know, two weeks from now, it's going to be Thanksgiving week. And that Thursday game is going to kick off week 12 in the high stakes leagues. And that is the championship game round, round one in the championship games. And so that's an exciting time. Two weeks from today. Uh, two weeks from yesterday, we'll have Thanksgiving Day games, three of them, and uh, that's going to kick it all off. So week 10 and 11 is here, gang. If you have any uh, emails for us, give us a, shoot us an email. We'd be happy to answer them. Alex, thanks for, thanks for being uh, blue on overtime with us uh, on Red versus Blue. Giants blue. All right, man. We'll see you guys next week. We'll, we'll, uh, good luck to everybody week 10. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. 